0: Welcome to the Mike On Much Podcast. I'm your host, and I'm here with my friend and trusty producer Max Kerman. Max, what's up? Now much. How's it going? Great. We're also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Shane, how are you?
1: Good. What was Myers texting?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right before we started rolling, uh, Max and Shane were talking about maybe a potential new Arkells video sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, because obviously Shane and Mark are now Juno nominated, I'm sure you're asking them to pitch on the video. Exactly. And you just said you were texting with Mark, and Shane really wants to know what the hell you guys were talking about.
2: Well, uh, Mark
1: texted me. He was texting me, too. Uh,
0: (laughs) See if these uh, align. As all of our listeners know, Shane and Mark are the directing team. Uh, Yes. Behind and knocking at the door.
2: He writes, ha, I'm just hearing the latest dessert. Pretty funny. But to clarify, I was honored to work on knocking at the door. And if Shane and I come up with a worthy concept, I can't wait to direct the next one.
1: <laughs> what a sneak. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what
1: a sneak. So here's what I get. Heard the latest dessert. Funny. And I want to hear this song uh, t- talking about, oh, oh, I guess he's talking about the Drew Grange song. Because okay. he's, like, trying to, like, butter me up for a little bit. He goes, also, I'm curious if Max would even want us to direct another Arkells video after your interview. Uh, Implying I, like, totally, like. Ruined your chances? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? What happened? I go, I think he's worried, the more worried that we don't want to. A little exaggeration. <laughs> he goes, nothing happened. You just highlighted accurately how difficult the process was. <laughs> But I forget the pain and want to do it again. (laughs) I think it's all poetic. Yeah.
0: We always forget. a rapper than me. Well, we'll see what happens. Time heals all wounds. Uh, But other than that, fellas, today on the show, we have churches, which is. pretty big get.
1: Yeah. People love this band. very excited about
0: this one. You were there for the interview. Uh, yeah, I made a point. That's right. They got a new record coming out. We're going to get to them in a bit. Also, a little bit later in the show, uh, we we have someone that we had never met before, reached out to us on the internet, and he developed an app for the Michael Much podcast. So we thought, let's bring him on and talk to him. And uh, he was a really sweet guy.
2: Yeah, I liked him. Uh, he kind of reminded me, there's, within the Champagne Boys, as somebody has pointed out, I think uh, Dan Hamilton pointed out, is that 97% of us have, like, just soft skills. Like, it's most, most of the things we're talented at are, like, just us talking to each other, basically. Like, Dan knows how to use numbers. Jug knows how to use numbers. And after that, like, does anybody have any, like, skill besides for just talking? Like, no. Sean is, does real estate, yeah. Julian does fundraising. Mm. Jay
1: Kelly knows how to use oh, a hammer. Okay,
2: Jay. Okay, yeah. we put him in the, the hard
0: skills,
1: hard skills for sure. I it, think Peak has hard skills, yeah. mm, but
2: P. Uh, oh, I guess well, Peak does he's
0: like the design. perfect man, like he's Jack of all skill, trades. Yeah, yeah he
2: kind of does both. Yeah, but there's a lot of soft skills 97 still, yeah. I think is accurate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you're saying, uh, our friend who joined us, who we're going to get to in a bit, uh, would fall into that category.
2: No, I think he is way more, more talented than we are. Like, way smarter. Yeah. Like, when I see a guy doing stuff, like, committing, like, 90 hours to yeah. working but on an But still, app.
1: like, I don't even really get what was going on there. <laughs> That's
0: what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, all right. That's a
1: great tease. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get to him in a bit.
0: <laughs> he developed some, some cool new uh, app sort of thing for Michael Much. Before we get to him... Guys, there's lots going on. Shit, Max, you're leaving for Korea tomorrow. You're going to the Olympics. I'm
2: going to yeah, Korea. It's amazing.
0: So for our listeners, you're going to be hearing this episode, uh, obviously, a little bit after we record it because, again, Max is going to the Olympics. First thing tomorrow morning. I'm leaving uh, to go to California on vacation with my wife. And so uh, you will be hearing this a bit after, uh, obviously, all this goes down. So keep that in mind as you listen to this. But, Max, before you head out on your journey, what's going through your mind?
2: Oh, man. Well, probably the, most people who listen to the show probably have some sense of what's been going on if you follow on Arkell's socials. Uh, basically, th- we announced the rally in Hamilton. Tessa and Scott uh, announced the show in a kind of a funny video that your brother, Greg Veerman wrote. And they filmed it themselves and sent it back to us. That's how that video came together for Arkell's rally Who in edited Hamilton. that? Uh, Felix and I Good job Yeah I, I put the copy And Felix cut it up He did it all he That's did a good great job. And um, then the next day I'm telling kind of The Coles Notes version The next day Someone from the Canada Olympic House In Korea tweeted saying This is so cool And by the way Our Kells are playing 24-7 at the Canada House And we honor the athletes Every day with Knocking at the door then we tweeted back. Who, who tweeted you that? Uh, some, Cax, Cax Merman? <laughs> yeah, it was me. <laughs> Olympic athlete? Yeah. Um, no, somebody who just works for the, at the COC. That's amazing. And um, then the next day, so then we tweeted back saying, we should just come to Korea and play for athletes. And then we just copied Air Canada. And then Air Canada said, sure, let's do it. So now we are flying over there. Um, we got the band. We got um, Mandrash is coming. We got a videographer, crew guy, Corey. Uh, know, and uh, uh, Corey, who's filming it, he'll be uh, you know documenting the whole thing. Who is this guy? Uh, Corey Schaefer, you know, Corey, he does all the live Arkell stuff. Oh, Shane just gets jealous immediately. <laughs> well, <Paul. laughs> pull, out the, pull out the text, <laughs> you know, just no one asked me
0: now. <laughs> Would you have gone to Korea if you were asked to go video document? Well, if I was asked, yeah,
1: uh, well, I guess I don't have to worry about it now, though. All right, <laughs> the tension good luck, here. Corey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've just been running around Just
2: trying to uh, figure out how this is all going to go You're also burying the lead Rumor is that the nut has also got
0: a, oh, a, yes, right. the a spot is, on
2: this plane. The nut is coming, too, because he has a connection with the COC people who helped put it all together. Right. So, uh, and he's part of the crew. He's going to be helpful. We'll make him
1: carry stuff. Did he have anything to do with making this happen?
2: Yeah. He, uh, he knows some people, though, that, that are involved. So, dots were connected, and it was uh, he, he was very helpful. He's a dot connector. He's a dot mm-hmm. connector. But uh, one uh, little piece of controversy, I'll say, is that... He takes up two seats? <laughs> No, is that he – so there's um, a contact we have at Apple uh, who's hooked us up with free phones in the past. Oh, yeah. She hooks up the band. She's so nice, so helpful. She's brought us in. Like they had their staff teach us how to use GarageBand. The the
0: greatest phone of my life I have is a phone that you gave me.
2: Was, That's right. Was it like an Apple 7 I got a Plus? I one, and I, and yeah. I added it down to this you. Yeah, this
0: is the best part about sort of uh, being your friend is every once in a while, like, the rain trickles down to uh, to the rest well, of Well, this
2: life. is it, because, well, Greg's my roommate, and all of a I sometimes I get free clothes from Top Man, and then once I'm sort of done wearing them, I just put them on his bed, and he gets to wear mm-hmm. them for a yeah, while. Your
0: trash Man. is his treasure. Exactly. Not the Top Man's trash. they were a fantastic sponsor for the Coachella trip. <laughs> and No, the stuff's amazing. Shane's wearing the jorts right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we had... Um, So so I was sort of thinking about this long flight to Korea and thinking about how um, I need to watch some shows, right? And on the iPad, if if you know this.
1: (laughs) I just like the way you said it. (laughs) On the iPad, like that.
2: (laughs) On the iPad, you can download movies to Netflix. Did you know that? Of course. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. So I put in a request. I learn on the iPad.
4: <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm working through this. It's been a long
2: day. Guys. Oh, man. Say. No, we're all, we're all we're all overworked. Keep it yeah. going, baby. Uh, so I reached out to our gal I uh, I reached. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I talking like that? Oh, my God. Okay. I reached out to our gal at Apple, and I asked for an iPad. And I heard through Manager Ash that they only may- maybe had one iPad left, like, in stock in their office. But you know who else had put in a request? Who? The nut. The nut. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, and I said, I said to Man Drash, I said, if the nut ends up with that last iPad, he's not coming on the fucking flight. Wow, like, he's not coming. <laughs> um, but look in that bag over there; it's an it's a new iPad. Got,
1: oh, I got, I got yeah, iPad. you
2: win. Yeah, so. So, you, you so got huge it. shouts to Apple for hooking me up. Does the nut know yet that you got his I don't Apple. think the nut knows. But when I
1: whip that thing out tomorrow, I'm going to be happy. So the, I'm n- be smiling. The nut just thinks he can ask for iPads and get them?
2: Well, the nut gets free more free stuff than me or any of us Honestly,
1: know. he's always got new he, shit He's from got
2: Nike. new Nikes. Yeah. He's got a new head. Nothing he has, he's bought. Did you know that? No. He doesn't own one
1: thing that he's bought himself. Someone gave him that house that he had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the advantage to giving that to him? If I was Nike, I would not Listen, want him wearing myself. Of- <laughs>
0: <laughs> the opposite of an influencer, <laughs> a
2: deterrent. Guys, we got to send him more stuff.
0: He's the number one deterrent in the market.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, there's just relationships that because that, that's not our world. Like these people that work with brands and do stuff, it's like they're always doing each other favors, which I get it. Yeah, it, it makes sense because like they pay each other back in favors. So that's why he, he probably asked. But
0: uh, I like that you, you you snaked it. Oh my god! If he had been... gotten your iPad, would you really have booted him from the trip?
2: No, but I would have been fucking furious. <laughs> 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 I was so angry. Like, and I, I don't know why. I usually am not too attached to material things. Like, I I don't yearn for really anything. I have like a working laptop. That's all I want. My iPhone. Like those two things are fine. But I got really weirdly focused. On this getting this iPad, maybe because I knew the nut might get it instead. Yeah, and I was like texting manager Ash like once an hour to be like, "Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you?" heard I was just yeah. so obnoxious. So start I calling it a, to me. A iPad, exactly. Yeah, good work. Thank you. Um- <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean, by the time this comes out, we'll, you know, we'll have been to Korea and back, or going for five days. So. I don't know. Next time we all see each other, we're going to have a lot to report on. I, should we do like a three-way call-in or something? Or you don't want to do that, right? No.
0: I, hey, listen. The thing about this, this this pod is it's not work. Yeah, you know? that's right. I'm going on vacation for my day job, but talking with you guys. We were going to actually, because you were originally going to go to L.A. to do songwriting, I think. Yeah. And we were going to hook up and maybe do like some hot right. thing and they get Shane canceled. to call in.
2: Yeah. So I wonder uh, I wonder if there's a way we can organize like a, a group chat or something.
0: I like a good group That'd chat.
2: That'd be cool when, when we get back. Okay. Okay. Sweet.
0: Great. Stand by for that. Well, do you guys want to get to Dan Command? Let's get to Dan Command. Commander Dan? Yeah. It's actually Dan Command, as we learned yeah. after uh, introducing ourselves to him. So, like I said, uh, this fine fellow who's a software developer reached out to us and said that he, uh, he did some work on our behalf just because he wanted to develop an app and he listens to the pod. So, man, thank you so much. And uh, you guys want to get to that bit? Let's do it. We're sitting here with Dan Command. Hello right. everyone. Is that how you hey. say it? That is
5: how you say it. Yes. All right.
0: I was saying Dan Command, which sounded like a very cool last name. Yes, night.
5: it does sound much cooler, but the real pronunciation is indeed Command.
0: Yeah. Well, the reason that you are here is uh, because uh, you reached out to me. You emailed hey. me. How'd you get my email address?
5: Uh, I searched the internet and tested out a few. Oh, nice. I yeah. Like that.
0: Okay. Sweet. Uh, internet sleuthing. Yeah, it's very good work. So I got an email from you, and you said, hey, man, uh, I, I listened to the pod a little bit, and uh, I'm a developer. I do software stuff, and you developed, like, an, an app for Alexa. You're yep. like, do you guys know how Alexa works? And mm-hmm. our only frame of reference was we were at a hotel in uh, Buffalo once. And remember, I asked Alexa what was the best Star Trek? And, yeah. And she said, it. the next generation, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, I am down Is that with the Alexa. the answer? Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was all I said, and I was like, guys, like, should we have them You're like, can I come out and show you guys what I did, essentially? And everybody was down. What were you guys' thoughts when I forwarded his email?
1: I had no clue what it could possibly be. Like, I don't, like, you made an app for (laughs) the mic on much. Yeah, I can explain a little bit
5: of what it is if you guys want.
1: Yeah. Like, I couldn't be excited or not excited. It's just such a weird thing. I don't know.
5: Yeah, it's still pretty new. So, um, Alexa is made by Amazon, and it sort of falls into that category of. Uh, personal assistants or, like, voice assistants or voice platforms, so, like, Google Home, Siri, Amazon Alexa. Um, And it comes on devices like this. So this one that I have right now is an Echo Dot. There's a bigger one and an even bigger one. And you can ask it questions, like, what's the best Star Trek? Uh, You can ask it for the weather. You can ask it for sports scores. Um, But then it also connects to apps. So it connects to my Spotify. Um, And because I'm a software developer, I can develop software for it. Um, and sort of make it do anything I want. So I thought it would be cool, since I'm a fan of the, uh, big fan of the pod, to make an Alexa app. They're actually called Skills, so Alexa Skills are the same as iPhone apps. They just... Um Name them something more complicated.
2: what's your background in uh, education?
5: So I have a university degree in media communications, not anything related to software development. Um, <laughs> and then a couple years ago, I did sort of a programming boot camp here in Toronto, Bitmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of teach you in nine weeks the basics of programming. And then I just sort of stuck with it for a couple of years and just got a little bit better all the time. Is this your,
2: your full-time job programming stuff?
5: Yeah. So I'm a software developer. I work for myself. I have a company called Plan A. Um, so you can check us out at
1: www. Hey, 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 hey come on. This isn't a... What? You're always promoting your band on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry, carry on. What, what is it? So it's uh,
5: workwithplanA.com. Um, you can email me at no. no, no, no. at <laughs> no, go ahead. What's your email? There's a purpose to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so you can reach us uh, there. And if you have any questions about any software development, Alexa stuff, Google Home stuff, um, so the skill, basically the way it works is you say like, open the mic on much podcast. It'll ask you what episode you want to hear. And then you can either tell it the episode by the episode number or the episode guests. Um, and then it will just play that episode.
1: Can you ask it what the best Mike on much episode is?
5: Uh, I would have to program that. What would, so would you, you say? Direct, um, I like the Jeremy Taggart episode.
1: Hey. Oh, wow.
5: Um, I like uh, episode three. The dessert is very funny. Shane's got a funny story.
1: Do you, what was the?
0: Could you, what was the story? <laughs> the I story
5: was about how you went on a Tinder date, but the girl said she wanted to go to McDonald's, and you oh were, yeah, <laughs> this is a while ago. This is like oh right, yeah. But then she ended up wanting. I ended up going meals. real expensive place, didn't I, Earl? Oh man, that girl's uh,
1: engaged now. Really? Yeah. You I follow do you know your that Tinder dates? Yeah. <laughs> I have a policy. I don't remove any once I start following you. You're stuck with me for life. That's but, a yeah.
2: funny way to put it, though. You're stuck with me for life. You could also s- spin it the other way, where it's like, I just want to keep tabs on, you, tabs on you for the rest of your life. Yeah I, I, that,
1: yeah, I keep tabs on you for life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you develop an app for that, so Shane can keep a tab on his Tinder? Uh, yeah.
5: We can say, you know, how is so-and-so doing? <laughs> last, last scene at the corner of Queen and Spadina. <laughs> Give the coordinates.
0: She no longer wants to speak with you, Shane.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah. She said stop
2: messaging her.
0: <laughs> Sweet. So, okay, so when so this demo that you're going to do for us, yep. uh, that Alexa that you have here sitting on the table, mm-hmm. it's going to speak, right? It's going to yep. do things? So uh, should I hold my mic up to it once you start doing your thing with it? For sure.
5: So hopefully it's going to work and we can say, Alexa, open the mic on Much Podcast.
2: Welcome to the mic on Much Podcast. Which episode would you like to hear?
5: Play the episode with Letterkenny.
0: So there you go. So this is the Letterkenny. Okay.
5: Yeah, so it has access to every single episode. Um, the episode with Lena Waith just, just came out as well, um, and we can turn it down a bit. But, um, yeah, so you can ask for the numbers, so or you can say play episode 50. Um, hey, or, Alexa,
2: stop playing the episode.
5: Wow, that worked. So, yeah, you have access to every episode. Um, you can ask for the guests or for the number. You can also just say play the latest episode or play the newest episode, and it will play the latest one. Um, and, yeah, that's basically how it works. It's actually live. People can, like, enable it right now. Oh, um, really? So yeah, people- how much
1: are we uh, selling it for?
5: And what's our cost? <laughs> well, i got to talk to you guys about that. <laughs> um, you can't uh, charge for skills just yet. I think that's probably something Amazon's going to do in the future. But because it's so new, I think they're just, like... You know, everything's free. Sort of like when apps came out, everything was free or ninety nine cents. Um, so it's all free now. Um, but I have the link; I can fire it off to you guys, and you can send people there. If they have an Alexa device, they can turn it on, and then they can listen to the Mike On Much podcast.
1: If we were to sorry, uh, if we were to start charging for this, how what would be a good rate you think? <laughs> <laughs> to charge people to listen? Or well, just this thing. You say we could charge people for this. <laughs> you um,
2: don't know works. I don't know.
5: I don't know. They're going to introduce paid skills in the future. I've seen, you know, there's games or other skills that are like five bucks to use or a couple bucks a month to use.
1: Um, but the, the, whatever this is, there's no way to monetize <laughs> no, all of yet, it. No, not yet, unfortunately. Shane. Okay, but <laughs> if we were to, <laughs> yes. would we split it or would you get it all?
5: I tell you what, at five bucks uh, a month, you can have it all. That's
1: for
2: you. Wow. Really?
5: Yeah, yeah. That's okay. binding. He's got a
1: baby on the way, so yeah,
5: we yeah. appreciate that. That's, That's cool. Nice. cool. How long did it take you to develop that? Uh, it took me a while because there's a lot going on, but it probably took me 50 hours maybe.
2: Wow.
0: Um,
5: Holy whoa. shit. Yeah, so the reason it took so long too is that... Um, I had to get an MP3 version of every single episode. So I downloaded every episode from YouTube, pulled the audio off, converted it to an MP3, and then I made a database, put every episode in the database, Whoa. and then connected it to the actual software. So. That's piracy, yeah. brother. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> is this where you guys arrest me? Someone's coming yeah, there's, there's a cop <laughs> Bell outside. Corporate is outside that door yeah. right
0: now. No, I'm down. I'm, people should download all our stuff and rip it off. We don't care.
2: <laughs> Have you thought about any uh, sort of like quirky little cheat codes? You know, video games, if there's a special Level or, like, any commands that you think would be funny. Is that a pun in my last name? I was wondering. Ah, see, I've only <laughs>
5: accidentally done puns in my life. I've, o- I've never done a like pun little on Like pro- eggs you can leave in there, and people can unlock them with certain words. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, or, or, yeah, something a developer. It's like, if, if your favorite episode or, you know. Yeah, like,
1: what's the best episode of Mike on Much And then it says what it is. Yeah, I mean, whatever we want to program,
5: we can program. So
2: Okay, here's a question. How long would it take for you to program... And find every time one of us is sworn on the podcast.
5: <laughs> Again, it would take a long time only because there's about 100 episodes. All the uh, specials are in there, too. So you can say, like, play the episode with Melissa Merck and you can listen to the Coachella special. Oh. Um, and the dessert in the desert, parts one and two are in there. Damn. And, wow. Uh, so, Do you put digital desserts on there? You can say either. So I trained it oh. to just say digital dessert or dessert in the desert. Um I was That's playing with it this morning, and I just said, like, I wanted to make sure it worked, so I just said the episode with Melissa Merck, and it plays. Is that
0: the one where he threw his
5: ring in the pool? Yeah, that so almost one. ruined my life, that one. Yes, I'm familiar with the, <laughs> no. the story afterwards as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the the Mike's engagement special is in there, the Juno ah. special is in there. The Bachelor finale special is in there. Uh, <laughs> you don't like uh-huh. that one, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, Alexa, <laughs> what
0: is the worst episode of Mike Unlash? <laughs> kind of
2: is the code totally different from Amazon to Google? Because we have a friend,
5: Dan Hamilton, who we talk about on the pod. Dan Hamilton follows me on Instagram. Come watches, on! I swear to God. Why? watches my stories. I don't know, I follow him and he followed me back. Man. But without any previous contact. Met, well, I only know Dan Hamilton from the pod. Right? <laughs> so he's but a I Google, Google he's Home guy. guy.
1: Yeah. Who's uh, smarter, you think, you or Dan? <laughs> Smarter? Yeah. Uh,
5: I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, what does Dan Hamilton do for a He's living. He's in
1: like this No, we can't of, talk about it, though. Oh, we can't? Yeah, yeah, it's highly oh, uh, top yeah. secret. Oh, okay. Cool. What do you think of... We'll talk off
5: Off
0: yeah. mic. Off what course. do you uh, think uh, of Dan's lifestyle through his Instagram
5: uh, <laughs> <And> stories? <laughs> um... Well, I haven't been following him that long. The last thing that comes to mind was, and you guys talked about this, is when you stayed with him, Max. Oh, yeah, and, with and my he, bindle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he led us on that le- little treasure hunt of, oh, yeah. of indications that you were there. So. Oh, yeah, that I
2: was leaving my mess everywhere. Yeah.
5: yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't, haven't followed him for that long, so he's still a mysterious guy to me.
2: Which champagne
5: boy captures your imagination the most? <laughs> like, who am I most curious about? Yeah. Uh, Julian. Ah,
3: hey,
5: that's a good one. Nice. Who's he's Never been on the pod, right? No, no, no. you've you the about live him live show. a yeah. lot.
2: Yeah, he was at the live show. Okay, yeah, uh, so uh, that's uh Who's your least uh, favorite champagne boy? Oh uh,
5: no, I don't have a least favorite. <laughs> okay,
2: box. very diplomatic. I like it. Yeah, you're trying to cause trouble over there. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, this is exciting. And, and, uh, uh, is oh there?
0: wait a second. Actually, could we program that into Alexa though? For sure. Like Alexa, who's the cheapest champagne boy? Greg Veerman. You guys yeah. give me the.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Greg for sure. Yeah. yeah, you guys give me the data and I can make it.
0: Well, go. Dan Command, Am I saying that right? You're saying that right. Great. Uh, thank you for coming on, man. And where can people find you? Because this is amazing work.
5: <clears throat> yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's just my name, D-A-N-C-O-M-A-N-D. You can email me at dan at workwithplanade.com or www.workwithplanade.com.
2: We got Dan a gift. Oh, Max. Amazing. Wow, we got Dan a gift. We got Dan a Uh gift. Arkell's rally tickets. Uh, Not tickets. Cookies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just as good. The
0: cruelest thing ever.
1: He'll actually use the cookie, though.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's very good. Thank you so much. Enjoy that. I really appreciate the opportunity. You guys uh, responding to my email, inviting me here. It's great. Thanks so much. No, this is so cool, man. Seriously, thank you. Thank you. All right.
0: Dan has just left the studio. Uh, thanks again to him for putting in the 50 hours to do that app.
1: So, like, uh, what do you guys think of that thing? I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't, like, how did that take 50 hours, though? That seems like a lot of time. Because
0: he had to personally grab every one of our episodes and put it into that database. That's insane.
2: And coding. Wow. I don't know what co- yeah. how it works, but it seems like there's a lot of little numbers and letters. I want to see
1: them. if Surrey will do that. Surrey, play Mike on Much. It's Siri, by the way. Oh, you're the good one at saying stuff. <laughs> no? Mike, Michael Bublé. <laughs> <That's> Michael, Bublé. <laughs> Michael Bublé. All right. All right. So, 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 so we're <laughs> now Alexa guys. Oh, Siri. Oh, Surrey. Surrey British Columbia. No, that's Tony Bennett. Oh, and Michael Bublé.
2: Uh, okay, that's awesome. Thank you,
0: Dan. Thank you, Dan. And, uh, Shane, you're going to, your goal is to figure out how to monetize it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, sometimes if you don't get on these ground floor discussions, then you don't like he ends up being a tech billionaire and we get nothing. So you want to be one of those early investors like Sean Parker and Napster. Exactly. You know how everyone's like, ha ha, that'll never be a thing. Or what is Twitter? It's just a Facebook status. And then it blows up and you just miss your opportunity. Yeah. So (laughs) so you're always looking. Look at you with the iPad iPad, sorry. No, <laughs> iPad. Well, I don't know what you call it. iPad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellas.
0: Today on the show, like I said, we have churches joining us. We have Ian Martin and Lauren all in the room. Max, me, and you were both there. I was genuinely nervous to meet them. I know I was. Uh, it was uh, it was fascinating to see you before, as we were kind of prepping. I was like, "Wow, Max has got a bit of a, he's got like a, a nervous energy."
2: Yeah. Well, I've read a lot of interviews with Lauren, and I've heard her in, on podcasts and stuff, and she's much smarter than everybody. And so I wanted to make sure the questions were good. And then meeting the other two dudes in the band was delightful. They couldn't have been easier to talk to. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like we interview lots of different people and like 98% of them are just like straight up really nice. But there was an an ease to the conversation with them that I felt was completely unique and just the, the nicest conversation we've had. Yeah, they
0: they seem like genuinely good people and yeah. just you know engaged. Like it's like it's kind of what we always wanted to set out to do. It's like are we, like just sitting around at a bar and having a conversation.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like sometimes when the, there's there's like a dynamic between the guest and the interviewer where the guest is like sort of on the pedestal or or it seems less conversational. It's more question asked, but yeah. they really felt like a real conversation with those guys. Yeah, D- man.
1: Did you ask uh, about the Finn Wolfhard look like situation? The meme, the famous meme. We did not. Oh, we didn't. Oh, yeah. Did you ask? Why they put a V in there? No, because I, I just, was
0: calling it Chaverches forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, oh well, the answer I think is essentially so they could people on the internet could find, could find it. It's Smart. It's really smart, especially
1: I, when searching like iTunes and stuff. And
0: yeah, yeah the reason didn't ask is just because I feel like they get that question probably all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the Finn Wolfhard one would have been fascinating because that meme went pretty viral.
1: Well, I heard you uh, beforehand. It seemed like you were going to go for it. I was thinking about it. Yeah.
0: But then again, like Max said, it got conversational. There's, there wasn't really a spot. Uh, but but uh, Max uh, coerced me into doing a Michael Caine impression. Oh, I love that. So stick around for that.
2: You, you We usually only get that Michael Caine impression after 1 a.m.
0: Oh, I got to say, doing it sober made me nervous as hell.
2: It was good. You delivered.
0: <laughs> awesome. You did it uh, on the internet also. When did I do that?
1: I, I woke <laughs> up one day and it was on the the insta story oh it was again drunk it was after the basketball game <laughs> that's right we, 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 th- the other day i woke up and i got a, a notification it's like mike veerman went live 237 a.m i was like i missed this i was i was so curious what you did mike's looking shocked that's right a now. mistake boy <laughs> <laughs>
0: i don't know what happened but oh. I, I don't even know how to go live on my instagram That's really funny.
1: So I didn't miss anything. You did Maybe it was a butt. You might have missed everything. I don't know. I don't know what I was (laughs) doing. You might (laughs) have missed (laughs) everything. Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, anyway, there you go. Keep an eye out for my feed. You never know when I might go live. Uh, You guys want to get to churches? Let's do it. All right. They got a new album coming out. Again, it was embargoed when we interviewed them, the title of the album. But uh, it is out now. So we could say the album is called Love is Dead. Uh, Check it out. I'm sure they're on the road. Uh, Thanks so much again to Ian, Martin, and Lauren for joining us from churches.
2: Let's get to it. So you're getting all the press out of the way as much as you can?
6: We right are. Now. Yeah, we're getting out in front of some stuff, which is unusual for us because we're usually on tour the entire time. Yeah. Sure. So this is, this is great. Yeah. Nice. Sorry you, that it, you don't
0: have a microphone. I just I noticed. That's quite all right. But I saw an interview uh, visually. I think you guys did with NME or maybe, I don't know what it was, but you had wonderful t- mic technique. You were nice. going back and forth nice. between. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's my former... I did a master's in multimedia journalism. journalism. journalism I know how to handle a microphone. Yeah,
1: my
6: technique.
0: <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Sorry, you were saying you got all the press. out You guys are doing Toronto, New York as well?
6: We, well? Yeah, we've done a bit of stuff, yeah, just setting up the record. It's just a luxury that when you do a full day of press, you don't have a gig to do at night, which is awesome because yeah. we just do whatever we want at night. Just enjoy the cities. Yeah, I just feel bad about the Ian Mike thing though, because we've been accused of silencing <laughs> Ian on the internet. Oh.
0: <laughs> like, all his think the, uh... If he had come in first, he would have had a microphone. <laughs> yeah, so right? that that's yes. the, the truth of it. Um, I mean, it's always interesting just kind of going and doing press in cities as opposed to playing shows. What's the, v- I mean, I guess it's part of the job, but do you guys sort of get to explore the cities more than if you're playing them? Um,
3: Sort of. I feel like, to me, I feel like it makes, Obviously, like, when you're on tour, you have to kind of tuck and roll and just do what's what, but I feel Mm -hmm. like we're better at both things if we do them separately. Right. I've kind of noticed. Like, I feel like we're better at doing promo when you're not worrying about, like, for me, I'm, like, not worrying about talking all day, and what will that do to my voice, and, like, are we going to get back in time for sound check? Like, is there going to be, is the Juno going to be working properly? Like, all these things. And then if you're, and vice versa, if you're doing a a show, then you want to... If you're doing a promo, you want to be, like, mentally engaged and here and like actually saying something that's not completely stupid. And these <laughs>
2: days add up, too, because it doesn't seem like it should be tiring because you're just kind of sitting on couches talking. But over four or five interviews, it is – and then you have to do a show yeah. at the end of the day. Well, it, like, it does all add up. The yeah, miles, if
3: it's, yeah. like, 45-minute interviews. And I feel like the most – weirdly, the bit the, where my voice gets the most tired is talking, talking during, like, in stores – Uh, Or talking, and just when I haven't done this, like talking to people in a parking lot afterwards, like we always do that. But afterwards, I'm like, oh yeah, my voice like really hurts now because you've just been constantly talking at people because you want to be nice, you know.
2: Of course, course. we. uh, I'm in a band, and we toured with Frank Turner. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah, actually, we're going over there in the spring with him, and that guy can stay up till like six in the morning at the pub, talking to every single person. He does, like, a DJ set. Whoa. I don't know. He's, like, has this sort of, like, superhuman rock guy strength. He never blows out his voice? uh, sometimes he does. (laughs)
3: Because, like, and it seems like some voices, I guess you just need to, not sound too happy, but you just gotta learn your body and learn your voice. (laughs) Because some people's voices are just more resilient, and, like, mine feels more resilient in some places, and, like, I just know now when we go to certain climates, like, Uh I can't deal with dust, Like, dusty climates, like, anywhere in, like, California, Arizona. The dry. dry. Yeah, like that. Without fail, I'll get, like, a throat infection or a sinus infection or something like that. Right. And it sounds like, I don't know, like, maybe it's disgusting to preemptively netty pop my nose constantly. But, you know, like, since I've been more active with that stuff, you get less sick. And at the end of the day yes, going to the pub is nice. I like it very much. But if I go to the pub and then I can't play the show, like, you have to be responsible, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of want to go back to the beginning, and I think the origins of your band are pretty familiar to your fans. But even before that, like, what did your folks do? I want that's questions for all of you. And sort of, like, what did the towns look like that you grew up in? You know, what was the sort of family situation as far as, like, music in the household, this is the direction, the way you were influenced?
6: Um... That's kind of an interesting one because neither of my parents are particularly musical. Mm. Sorry, my dad like, <laughs> has been learning the guitar for like five years since we had some success. He wants she's, to be able to cover the two. He's like, <laughs> well, I should get a guitar, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. Because maybe, maybe I am a a guitar player. Right? Yeah. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> it with like, right, guitar. Oh. And, uh, you know, he's, he's okay. He's not so great. <laughs> come from a place called Clydebank in uh, the west side of Glasgow. Just kind of just like was really famous for shipbuilding. It's a hard, hard place. <laughs> huh. uh,
2: it's like a working class kind of proper town. proper working
6: or? class mm-hmm. town. Really tough school. So when I was learning the piano, I used to get quite a lot of shit. Can you swear? Can you swear? Oh, yeah. I, I used to <laughs> get a lot of shit for being music, interested in music at, at, at school. But... I think that kind of thing teaches you how to stand up for yourself in a way, and I've been, to adulthood, been quite, you know, I'm not afraid to say what I think. I think that comes from getting beaten at school, you know? Yeah, yeah. if you
2: have a weird idea, you, any of their criticism is nothing compared to the, what the kids said to sure. you on the school year. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, was you, I grew up in a few different like, small kind of rural towns in in Scotland and I moved to Glasgow for college so I didn't get there until later Um, and my mum was a teacher my dad was an engineer Um, and I guess they played a lot of music in the house but neither of them were like my mum plays a bit of piano but they weren't uh, musicians or in bands or anything like that it was more just they would listen to a lot of, like my dad's really, in, we were talking earlier, my dad's into Yes, and he's into like um, Steely Dan and things like that. So when I was a kid, I thought my two favorite things were Steely Dan and to Houston, which is very confusing, yeah. <laughs> very strange place to be. But uh, yeah, I feel like if you grew up listening to it, then you, maybe you just appreciate it in a different way than you do if your parents are musicians or something. Sure.
4: Uh, I grew up in a town called Whitburn, which uh, is like a sort of working class mining town. And my uh, mum and dad, my mum was a teacher and my dad was a social worker. That's my, and, that's my combo too. Is that right? Oh, my no. mum was a high school teacher, my dad's a social worker. There yes. you go. Yeah. And I'm you're a musician, Toronto. so and here we are. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the, uh, I grew up in, in church and I guess that's where I got a lot of my musical
6: um, education from. Yeah. Ian's got the best chops in the band by a mile, uh, yeah. like playing chops. Mm. <laughs> so it makes sense that he grew up in the church cuz all the best players and... are like
4: yeah you know, piano lessons again some some sim- his doc from about six-ish so yeah oh. Just all, there's always been around music like my dad uh, played sort of piano in a, in a traditional Scottish dance band for a while <laughs> I didn't know that yeah yeah That's they were cool. called this is you'll love this they're called uh, the tartan lads <laughs>
3: really does you guys should do a thing secret thing gig under that name. honestly
6: they sound like male strippers
3: <laughs> 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 Full Monty. are they available for, for, for support slots for uh, the autumn the uh, uh, right. time or? I don't know if they're still alive
4: actually I mean 'Cause you know, if the if the tickets
3: go fast, like those are the rules. If the tickets go fast you get to choose whatever sport it is you want. That's ah, right. And if you need so.
2: if they're going a little slow, you gotta get the first so, yeah, yeah, yeah. If
3: you want like the tartan the lads. Yeah. <laughs> if you want the tartan lads, you gotta buy the tickets fast, Toronto. Right. Yeah. You
2: uh, know what's funny, actually, my dad, who's not Scottish at all, he's like a Jewish guy from New York. Uh, he's really into Contra dancing, which is, I think, a type of Scottish oh, country, folk dancing.
3: Country? dancing? Well, no. yeah, you know, they
2: call it Contra dancing, but it's, like, oh. I think Scottish folk dancing. Or well, English... Well, like, like, kind of... Yeah, it's sort of Dozy Doe kind of... Oh, yeah. yeah kind like, of thing. Um, but they have, like, traditional bands wind- come in. What, was, what was it called? Strip the Willows. Strap the
3: Willows. Wind in the Willows is a different <laughs> yeah. thing. Dasha
2: and White Sergeant. Contra, I think it's Scottish, but I I don't think it's Irish, and I don't think it's... Uh, English. So we, in
6: school you have to actually, it was compulsory in my school to do that dance. To dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah the like, highland the, yeah. the dance. The was like so. a
3: couple of lessons of PE a year you would have
6: to do. That's what and it is. The, to prepare you for the, the high school
3: anyway. dance. <laughs> I feel bad. Like, I go to weddings and if people have like traditional Kaylee as a wedding I'm like, I mm-hmm. do <laughs> I'm just going to have to go to the snack area whilst this is occurring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so coming out of that, like you, you said you have musicians' parents and, and yours you know, are into music nothing at all until recently with your dad yeah. uh with, <laughs> he's a god <laughs> yeah, With with like music and having a career in music it's such an unconventional career and like the odds are super low and because you guys all obviously went to post-secondary like university i guess my question would be did you think like oh music is a viable career like we're going to be doing this or was there sort of a plan if things didn't work out in the way that they have mm.
6: I, I didn't have a backup plan frankly and i was i had like Twenty seven, twenty eight, and I was you know not doing particularly well I was playing Session in somebody else's band getting paid not any money basically and uh, kind of got to the point where I was ready to quit trying yeah I, I, and I've uh, come back from a really hard tour in Europe and just you know what even the band that I was playing for was not a success at that point <laughs> and it was like like as okay, a hired get, musician right yeah, and I'm, a touring a, I'm like I can't even get a gig in a band that's working as a hired gun or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, I, yeah it was just a, I went and met you went and met Campbell our manager who had found success as a tour manager with a bunch of big Australian acts he was doing like Gautier and Temper Trap, Temper Trap at the yeah. time right and uh, he was like it's insane that you two haven't written together after all these years we've been friends and we'd always been the two kind of computery guys in the band just give it a go don't quit the business just try try something (laughs) and literally it was six months later where our band was exploding and we met Lauren and it was happening it was literally but I went I had to go (laughs) to the brink yeah I was exceptionally poor (laughs) and I was getting older and there was nothing happening I had a degree in music right but what
4: does that get? what you? the hell does that get you? <laughs> sure. If your band doesn't
6: make it or you're not a teacher, sure, I could have gone and been a music teacher, but I would have had to go back and did a bunch of teacher training and, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was kind of it was interesting to go to the brink of mm-hmm. absolute failure mm-hmm. to then see the wind change, like, overnight one day, and Do that's kind of what to, happened.
2: Thank God, because your life now
6: is oh, it's, so different. it's so – I don't take anything for granted, at all for that reason Mm -hmm. and it's not like every day i'm just so thankful and it but i am Mm -hmm. i don't go around saying it all the time but i know what we have i know how Mm. how unlikely it is it's insane you know but Mm -hmm. it's a it's it's a good feeling to be to release a record let alone be talking to you guys on a third album you know yeah it's crazy
0: but you were right there
6: i was at the brink of completely quitting music and and i actually i was Telling you that I was going to be a history teacher. That's right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Did I know about history. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, obviously, in a weird frame of mind at the time. Right?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, oh yeah, um, I, I guess when I left high school, I wanted to do, I wanted to go to art school, and uh, I was told, you know you've got to be really, really good to get into art school. I was like, well, fine, then I'm not going to do that. So I went to do uh, architecture for a couple of years and then realised that actually music was the only thing that I really, really wanted to do, and that was actually any good at. So, um, so yeah, I went and did the, the course, the same course that Martin was on, applied music. I um, went through that and then ended up doing sort of Film scoring and TV stuff, um, sort of freelance and uh, commercials and stuff, lots of music for that. Played, I oh, played in a bunch of bands as well, obviously. Hi. Forgot about that part of the story. <laughs> Did
3: Aerogram do a lot of stuff in Canada?
4: Uh, I played a few times in Canada. Right. Yeah. So you were making a career in the arts and... Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was always going to be that, I think, for me.
3: Um, I guess I'm the untrained one. <laughs> I am the everyman.
6: You mean the, you were the smart the smart one that went and actually tried to get a job and, like, some useful education?
3: Well, I don't know. When I was 16, like every everybody who's 16 in a band, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is the one. It's never the one. Like, you always <laughs> that think that that's the band, but it's not. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I never thought that was good enough for any instrument to try and go and do music. Um, so I went and did... Um, I guess when people talk about school, I'm like... I don't have good memories of it in terms of the social aspect of it, but I have good memories I'm like, oh my goodness, you just got to learn all the time. We were all being so ungrateful we're complaining you're so you have all this time and all these resources just learn like now I feel like I would I would i people always sneer at like mature students at university because they, they take it so seriously and they're so grateful But I'm like, yeah, I can see that yeah, yeah. um but yeah, I guess I liked school in that regard um and I did a four year law degree and then uh Multimedia journalism thing Um, And I guess I was like a production runner When this band started happening Wow! So that's what I was doing But I guess I was playing in bands at the same time But never to the level that You can quit your day job Or you think it's actually going to be a thing Um, And you know production running is a competitive field So I kind of felt like I was never sleeping I was doing, trying to do all those jobs And trying to be in the band And trying to be the one that was organising everything for my old band And yeah and then Ian recorded my old band and then he had asked if I would come and do some backing vocals for these guys and I was like sure it's a Sunday afternoon I'm not doing anything (laughs) so that's Uh, it it was a Sunday afternoon yes I remember that because I was late because it was a Sunday bus service
6: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Sunday (laughs) bus service I I can never remember if you and I actually intended to trick Lauren into joining the band or, or if it's as natural no, 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 as we often no, say that it was. A <laughs> myth. Yeah. I'm trying to sure remember was, the truth. You were going to be the singer in our little project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had you been singing chops. demos, I'm fine. Is the, uh, <laughs> but there's there's a difference between being good or okay or you know palatable on some level and then what you do. I think that's quite different. Sure. I, I, that, like, cause you, Well, I've been recording music with all sorts of people, some unbelievably talented people my whole life, but I'd never felt the feeling that I felt the day that we recorded together for the first time. I was like... Yeah. Wow, okay, this is something else. Mm -hmm. It Um, seems
3: quite. Sorry. No, go ahead. I guess I can't tell because it comes out of my body. So I'm like, well, I mean, I have to like it because it's mine and it's how I express myself or whatever. But I can imagine it as an outside point of view, it must be quite more mighty. You know what I mean? Because it's not like a technically perfect vocal. And I imagine some people probably really like it because you can feel the personality in it, and some people probably like. What is this? Sure. Why is this on the radio? Get out of my ears. I, but I think well, I'd rather have love it or hate it. Than well, that's, that's you've
6: hit on why we've had any kind of like, attention, because it does that to people. You see if you've got a voice that, that just drowns into the background, or nobody, it's okay. Yeah, there's lots of fine singers, that, but what makes something special? Right? Yeah. That's nothing. Totally. That's, that just goes into the noise. If you have a voice that, that polarizes people, Hmm. Either Dylan or Neil Young. Right. Yeah. Then you're oh, on Mick, or something. Mick yeah. has a very... Dis- you know, he would never right. want to sing yeah. in competition, That's but
0: a, it, it's you a you completely a, remarkable if, voice.
4: Exactly. If Jagger? Yep. All right.
3: said first First, first name, choice. My mate, Mick, from down the road. Mick, <laughs> you know, very yeah. Mick, no, yeah. Mick oh.
0: Farrell. He, he works in the office
3: next door. He's awesome at <laughs> karaoke
6: on well, Thursdays. Love that Mick Jackson.
3: Like, we always talk about, like, the difference between... And I'm not putting myself in this category in any way because that would be very arrogant, but the difference between... Like a good singer and a good vocalist, to me, those are different things. Like, a good vocalist can do all these amazing things and have the tricks and the chops to do those things, and you've got the technical prowess and the technical range, but you could sing something and it might not actually make anybody feel anything. And I definitely have people I go listen to to listen to what they're doing and to practice it later to know that I'm like, okay, I could do that. Mm-hmm. But then there's people who couldn't sing you any of these specific things, but like when they sing it, like, they just break your heart, and I feel like that's more where we're at with wanting—I don't know. That's the kind of singer I would like to be. I don't know if I am that, but, like, maybe one day, guys. Maybe one
0: day. <laughs> um, well, Lauren, I wanted to talk about—I guess in June 2016, we were listening to this podcast you did with Ben Gibbard. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, which was the Tacos, Tacos podcast.
3: I used to do that from a— Car park. It was right. It was yeah, you really- called in
0: from like the side of the road. I right? felt
3: really bad because poor Ben had been on the phone for ages, like trying to wait for me to. Get- <laughs> and then I had to pull over, and I kept calling in, and it just wasn't working. One of those <laughs> things. And I was like, he's going to think that we're dicks. And. And we never met him yet, and, uh, but it was He's fine. He's a wonderful well, man. A wonderful man. He seems like a sweet guy. Yeah.
0: Well, on the pod, you wondered aloud sort of what you might write about after spending two years on a bus. So mm. how did you find mm-hmm. inspiration on this record? How do you go about documenting themes and ideas in general?
3: So it's all about a bus. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's the
6: name of the album, yeah. the secret name. Right. Yes. The bus. What else can you write about after two years on a bus other than two years on, on a, a bus? On a bus, yeah.
3: Uh-huh. Well, I feel like that's we took a little bit more time over this record than we did... Um, the last, the last one, um, just cause I guess we had the, the luxury of doing so. You had the space to do it. We're like, okay, we don't have to worry that people are going to forget about us. We did enough work during those four years that like, I feel like people like us, they'll, they'll hang around for a minute. So we took a few months off to just be human beings and not have a day sheet and, uh, Yeah, that was the first, <laughs> we took
6: a three month break, which is the, well, we took six weeks. Which was the previous record between album one and two, and we took three months. So we we oh. doubled it. We doubled our break and which, doubled the
4: amount of time we took to write the album.
6: Yeah, which is the most time we've ever taken mm-hmm. for it off, which is, seems now bizarre and well, like almost unhealthy.
3: And I think on a, from a musical standpoint, maybe by the end of touring, you're kind of ready to get in and start doing new ideas. You might be emotionally a bit tired, but musically you're ready. But I feel like with lyrics and stuff, I kind of need to. It depend I'm sure everybody's different, but for me, I'm I need to go away and like actually live or, live around course, a little to like experience. get out of tour mentality and get out of the gig persona mm-hmm. mentality, and then think about how to like how to write. Because I feel like the best stuff that we've written is the stuff that's the most honest and the stuff that you've kind of actually been introspective and investigated things and I can't do that on a promo day not that we're being interested, not being introspective now but you know what I mean like, oh, yeah. it's a different, it's different mindset completely and I think that's where we want to write so you just have to kind of sit and wait for like the lightning bolt to be like okay good yeah. we're ready
0: yeah well, you guys have talked about working with Greg Kirsten and his ability to play Jedi mind tricks uh, and sort of find the best yeah, like parts that. of
6: the song. He keeps saying Jedi. If, is, if there's a true Jedi, Jedi. Yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, that's how we found it. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: feel like he is a true Jedi. A <laughs> I feel like, and he uses the Force, not to keep going, but he uses the Force for good, you know? A, keep the a,
0: analogy going. Well, yeah. there's a
3: lot of people that are in his position who are not, like, he's such a, like, great musician, but he's, like, super classy with the way that... He applies his, Jedi his approach.
0: Well, yeah. you, I mean, on this podcast, we like to get into sort of minutiae of how people do their work, and so you always hear about like how somebody who's producing or someone you've worked with has like done things. But like, what spe- like what specifically has he like sort of done to help shape the songs? You know, from lyrics to melody production. Like, how would you describe his his handprint?
4: He's a he's an incredible like all round musician. And uh, the way that we've been kind of talking about it amongst ourselves is that it kind of feels like all of a sudden we had this another amazing musician in the band, like this great keyboard player has suddenly joined the band. He just felt like one of us, like he he loves music the way that we do. He's a music fan, you know. And um, really, um, I guess he kind of laid down the bed for um, a lot of our ideas to kind of grow from. Um, And that was like, I mean, we wrote everything with him in the room, Um, it's not like any of us brought ideas in it it was all kind of like spontaneous and collaborative Ah. and like he would kind of drop a seed into the room and then like it would explode from there like really really quickly that's when we knew that the collaboration was going to be a really fruitful one was how fast and how satisfying the music was that was coming out
6: He, he, he tends not to which was really good for us being so opinionated but he's not the guy coming in saying I don't Respond to this run melodically, or I don't like this lyric specifically. He's he, you'll know he won't try and write a top line for you or come up with lyrics in the room. That's not him. He will let you write a song, and you'll know. I can't, as the way that I came to know with you guys, the way that we know with each other, if a top line is working, you can look, you just all you need to do is look across the room. You could see somebody's face. And you Someone's know body's it.
2: reacting to it. You know, right?
6: you know if you're in if you're in, in flow, you know if it's shit, yeah. okay, good or <laughs> feels special. And and having Greg in the room as another opinion, another ear for when you're top lining and when you're writing and you're doing that spontaneous part of the process was just so valuable. What's his energy like as a as a person? So low key. Oh, okay. He's not like an ego guy. And this what and and Steve Mack is the same. The guys at the very very top of the game, the very the untouchable ones in the game now, they are no zero ego. Yeah. They don't have. They're not competing with anyone. And that was so refreshing because we met quite a lot of thirsty people along the way who are who are maybe two clicks below that who are uh, who are all ego. And they are. that was really not an enjoyable experience, working with people like that, you know?
2: I read this interview with Max Martin, you know, the songwriter, Max Martin?
3: Sure, yeah, <laughs> <course>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've listened to pop music oh, yeah. in the last yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. years. <laughs> I'm all familiar. You know that guy. Uh, <laughs> you know that guy.
6: Uh, yeah, he, he, he's got a lot of heads right there. Yeah, yeah he's got a couple. I think
3: he's going to do well. <laughs> he's I don't
6: he's on his
2: way. He'll be all right. But he's just talked about us. Never this, met him, so I don't know. Well, we uh, played Coachella, and I met him backstage. And I picked his brain for, like, 15 minutes. I imagine he has, like,
3: a cape on, like, a kind of (laughs) No, super low-key. Just as
2: you're – the reason why he came to mind is because just the same way, he's very low-key, asked him, like, every question about, like, Katy Perry and the Backstreet Boys, and he just got right into it. Um, I
3: will never have a bad word said against Katy Perry, just so we're clear. I love her. Oh, just, I be- mean, just before you... Step just lightly, Max. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I,
2: I love Katie... Uh, <laughs> I the I the record, like, Teenage Dream, is the best record, yeah. best pop record Plus, of do you has- not Since think... Thrower. I
3: understand that some people were not so into it, but ultimately... At the end of the day, she's just trying to be a good person, man. And she's going to go down in history as having done the right thing at the right time. Uh, I think that's important. I don't know. Why are you so Stop attacking Max. No, no, listen, actually, the first question I
2: asked him was, I was like, how did you write Chain to the Rhythm? Because I think that song's amazing. And I don't think it did as well as they hoped, uh, according to their chart predictions or whatever. But I was like, how did you do it? And she, she came in the day after this is straight from the horse's mouth after the election and wanted to say something political. And he, and he said the reference they had was, um, what's that? It was some like goofy reference for the rhythm. Uh, uh, Coco Cabana or something. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was so the rhythmic Sugar. reference. So I asked him, anyway I had so, and then the, uh, I asked him about Lord and all this. It was it was really cool. So cool. It was an yeah. awesome interview but the, the, the point I'm getting to is that in an interview that I read with him, he's only done one in 20 years, is that when he's yes, showing it's very mysterious, very mysterious and it's a great read actually. Mm. Just look up the one Max Martin interview and he says when he's showing somebody a new song and he's driving in their car, the only thing he wants to see is how their body's reacting to it, and in in hmm. and if they're checking their phone oh, by the virus. second verse. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like if they're checking their their phone by the second verse, the song's not good enough. And it was just like a yes or no kind of like is is are they reacting to it? It was so cool.
6: That's so cool. Yeah. yeah.
3: Sorry, I also love that change. I also
6: love chain to the rhythm. By the way, I love that song. How brave can brave can it be to have a goes to the rhythm. is like, to the rhythm, to the rhythm, with that little weird kind of yeah. Yeah. triplet thing on the word rhythm. Come on. What's yeah. not to like? Well,
3: yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was. It, I find sometimes... We were talking about this yesterday because of some promo stuff we are doing, and I guess I'm like, I don't feel the way I did when I was, like, 19 about stuff that people view as, quote-unquote, mainstream. I think when I was 19, I was a lot more angry about those things because those... It's kind of like that high-fidelity thing of, like, it's not what you're like, it's what you like. Mm. And then I remember being like, oh, I never listened to that band, that band, so blah, 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 blah. And then now I don't really feel like that. I'm like, to me, as long as it feels like it's genuine, I don't really mind. Like, well, it has value. Can, yeah, like, I mean? and if it means something to somebody, then surely that's ultimately what matters. Maybe I'm just older and wiser and sadder, I'm not sure. Yeah. But then to me, I'm like, and it doesn't, just because something is a massive stadium pop project doesn't mean that it's not... Coming from a place, you can tell when it's not. Like, let's well, not name names, but you can tell when it's not. No, we can name but names. Like, <laughs> no, we're not. You're not gonna trick me. Was- but, <laughs> cool. but you know what I mean. I was like, elite, like she's this massive pop star, but I feel like she, I believe what she's saying. I think that she means it, and I've, I've seen Katy Perry live twice, and uh, <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it because it was great. But like, I don't know. Like I went, we went to see, I went to see her with our tour manager on the Prismatic tour. Have you met her now? Um. Briefly, yes. Yeah, do you, she like, was, have the
0: juice now to, like, you know?
3: No. Um, she was she was very ama- amazing and she was lovely. But she, I was like, I just want I was like, go take care of yourself. and like, drink tea. I can't handle But, like, there was a guy, like, a dad next to us that brought his little girl. And she opened the show with, like, she came out on stage playing Roar. And I was like, oh. That right. is the song. Just, like, crying that, no, my face up And I was like, just teaching the little girls to be the best version of themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting because, like, as, <laughs> <laughs> as somebody now who Uh-oh. a lot of people...
3: Okay. I think I don't know what's wrong with me today. emotional. He yeah. the
2: plane travel yeah. or
3: something. I don't know. It he the altitude days. from the plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess as you guys become, obviously, more successful and prominent, and you being sort of the front person, like, you're that person now for so many people. How much do you think about that and contextualize that in sort of the things that you say and the ways that you act and what you write in your art?
3: I guess in terms of what we're writing, I kind of view that as a little bit separate in a way. Um, because I feel like what we're writing has to be personal and has to be coming from some kind of vulnerable place to an extent. But in terms of like how you then share that, I kind of want it to be genuine and authentic. But I want it to, I don't know, we were talking about this earlier. I was like, I always liked, with that stuff, with the decisions that you're making, I want to try and ask, them, am like, okay, well, what would, how would teenage me feel about this particular issue what would you want to see what do you want to do and I guess I feel like that's the truest way that I know how to do it I suppose Mm -hmm. um I don't know
0: Mm. well I mean if if, you know using your voice for say like a social or political cause Mm
3: -hmm.
0: are you more conscious now of what you say in the sense that it's like I need to be careful with what I say or are you like now that I have a a bigger megaphone like fuck it I'll say what I want because there's more people listening
3: I think a mixture of both I think that it's not realistic when people say I never signed up to be this because I'm like well you have to be aware that by the nature of what you do you have that platform so what do you want to do with that platform but I think for us it's been about finding the balance between being responsible and like conscious of things and not also what we're doing is supposed to be fun and escapism and a place for people to feel understood or feel like they can not think about things for a second or feel like they're understood for a second like I feel like that's the important balance to have but
0: like a break from the real world. Yeah, like kind an escape, of. Especially at shows
3: and stuff. I feel like that's what you want that to be. But also I think it's unrealistic when people... We were talking about this earlier too, but if you say that you don't want to get involved in certain things that at this point are kind of impossible to not be involved in, then you're only able to say that because you have that level of privilege and that's really nice for you, but that's not fair to everybody else. Like when there was a kind of trend, how many years ago, of... Female musicians and actors and stuff saying, "Oh no, I'm not a feminist because I don't hate men." And I'm like, "Or oh, I'm not a feminist because nothing bad has ever happened to me. I've never experienced sexism." And I'm like, "I don't. I want to go and like slow clap and be like, <laughs> you mugged yourself. You didn't even realize. Like it is. You just don't even realize it is.'" And in that moment, I'm like, "Well, you feel like that because you are at a point where that doesn't affect you anymore, and that's nice. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what kind of person do you want to be? You know?" Mm-hmm.
6: Are you thinking about money?
3: Yeah. And at this point, like I understand that, like if it's not something that comes up in the course of what you're doing, then it's easier to not talk about it. But there are some people who are being point blank asked about something, and we'll I think we'll look back on this time. And
0: who spoke s- up and who didn't?
3: Yeah, I think that's to choose what. Like if you don't actively want, you don't have to go around on a soapbox being an, this insane activist if you don't want to. But actively to, trying to, to silence s- people and like damaging things that people are trying to work on, I don't think that's fair. That's not That's not right.
0: There's this saying from this movie called The Weatherman that I love. It's like, I don't love the movie, but I love the saying. so Michael Caine and Nicolas Cage from a long time ago. Are you going to do the accent? I'm not going to do the Michael Caine voice. <laughs>
2: but,
0: Everyone try. Well, Everyone
3: has a He does a good Michael Caine. He's, he's drinking, was, it's an awesome I Michael He did it on the weekend. But, you know, <laughs>
0: Nicolas Cage is his son and Michael Caine is the father and Nicholas Cage is at this sort of crux in his life, this crossroads, and he he turns to his dad and he's like, you know, dad, I don't know what to do. And Michael Caine says, uh, have you ever
4: noticed
0: that the hard thing to do and the right thing to do are usually the same thing? That's very really good, <laughs> and I think that that saying has always stuck with me. Whenever I've sort of had like a t- difficult decision, whether it's to speak out at something or say, "Hey, man, whatever," uh, I'm always like, "It'd be a lot like it'd be a lot easier to keep it moving and yeah. not get involved." But it's like the right sure. thing to do and the hard thing to do tend to be the same thing. Yeah. And
3: as much as like what the specific stuff that we're writing isn't necessarily overtly political, right? It kind of I find it really infuriating when people do that. Stay in your lane. I don't want to know about your thoughts and feelings and opinions. Mm. I'm like, what do you think music's made up of? It's made up of thoughts and feelings and opinions. Sorry Sorry to break it to you. Yeah.
0: I, well, I guess also, like, within your, your band and the working dynamic, have you guys always been, like, super democratic? Like, what happens when there's a disagreement? Is there, like, is it a... T- we wrestle.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next question. <laughs> yeah, next question. Keep
0: it moving. <laughs> um, like, I mean, also, is it always, like, majority rule, two to one, or do you guys find that, that you don't come across we those things? just
6: discuss things. Really. Yeah. We I think we loosely operate the veto system. as And we really. kind of, like, ever? accepted that nobody... Takes a piss with it, if you know.
3: Yeah, I feel like we're similar enough most of the time that we don't really disagree much. Mm. And then a lot of the time, if somebody has a reservation, you can sit and talk about it and you'll figure it out. And if after talking about it, one person's still really, really uncomfortable about it, then whatever it is won't come to pass because it's just not, you can't. I think that stuff breeds, it breeds an environment in a band that is going to make your band very short lived.
6: Yeah, it's not like a, a one person. Having the majority say over anybody. It's more like if I, if anyone has a really strong opinion about something, the other two will sit down and say, Help me understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Explain to me why you feel so strongly. Mm. And if it makes sense, great, let's move forward. If it doesn't, if you just can't get past it, Then we go the other way, you know?
3: Plus, I guess with all things, it's about trying to listen. Like, you might feel really, really strongly about something, but you're not going to get what you want by, like, shouting at someone. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times, if we don't agree on things, then you have to ask, if you trust that person, you have to ask, well, why? Why do you feel like that? Explain to me why, rather than being like, "Oh, so annoying you feel like that. And that, to me, is really irritating. As,
6: As long as respect exists within a band you can hear anything from your bandmates. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel respected or or that, that there's some sort of deep rooted upset in the dynamic, it's way harder to move forward, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. As long as there's no ego and respect exists. Mm-hmm. You can make decisions pretty easily. And if someone has a really strong opinion you can trust them that they're that they're saying it for pure reasons and not mm-hmm. selfish ones. And that's why we're still able to be a band at this point in time.
0: Yeah, I think that chemistry is really difficult to find. And, you know, the bands that make it work the longest or anywhere you work, you know, anytime you have coworkers or family or relationships, yeah. that kind of open communication and, like, not feeling like somebody has an agenda all the time yeah. is, like, you can accomplish anything. I yeah,
2: think. there's a foundational understanding that everybody's in it for the right reasons. Exactly. And if you start there, then... And it's also easy to, to say no to stuff. Even if you, in our band, like, if you slightly disagree with somebody, but you can tell it's bothering them, well, whatever, there's... A, 10 other decisions that need to get made that day. Nothing is going to be the be-all, end-all. Yeah. And And, uh, I guess
3: it feels like it's about, like, we know each other so much better now than we did, like, six years ago. Like, I think we always, like, liked and understood, like, respect each other, but we didn't understand each other in the same way. And I feel like there's been, we've always gotten very well, but I feel like we get on better now because we've had those few tussles where you're trying to figure somebody out and trying to... Because you can't see inside somebody else's head. Well, it's a trust.
6: It's actually a trust thing. I've come to understand Mm. in hindsight. It's really difficult to trust people when you're this deep into something you're so emotionally involved with. It's like a relationship, and you have to trust. Isn't just bestowed because it has to be. It's earned, and it takes time. Especially when you're Scottish and you're really guarded, and like (laughs) everyone's like naturally we're all I think not Scots. super open the Scots and... are naturally suspicious it's like the first people that are like why are you doing this to me like, <laughs> they, you, and that's fine you know that's, the, that, that's just the way I, I know I am like that to an extent mm-hmm. and, and once you earn trust and respect like in any friendship relationship or, or, or an abandoned scenario then you can have a career like, long long career
3: has to feel safe I think in any of those, well, those people
6: like your music. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> like in any in
3: any of those relationships, like you have to feel like there there's a base level of like security or something so mm. that then you can I don't know. And there's enough nonsense in this industry without if you didn't like your bandmates, you didn't trust your bandmates, I think it'd be a very lonely place to be to be honest. Because yep. I don't know, a little
2: maybe- do You guys read a lot of books on mindfulness. It seems like
6: you guys all read. <laughs> yeah, the same yeah, we're book. all in therapy. it's <laughs> yeah, good. It's great. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> very We're doing healthy.
3: like uh, we Metallica style. We've got a <laughs>
6: performance like anxiety coach on the road with. No, we don't. It's Just like, called have you manager. seen some kind of monster. <laughs> oh yeah, where they've got this sports oh, yeah. psychologist on the road with I think it's probably a good
3: idea. Like, I'm, I'm very pro. Group pro- pro- therapy. Yeah. Yeah. we haven't done it yet, but I can. I'm yeah. like, I'm not. Maybe one day. You never know.
6: No, he he's not He's, he's, so he's sure Lars. <laughs> Lars doesn't
3: want to go. Kirk doesn't want to go. He just wants to play solos, man. It's only uh, when the solos are threatened that Rarn. Kirk's like, wait, the, wait, the, wait. If
4: you need to be paying some guy to come in and fucking figure
3: out a way that you can actually talk to each other then probably just
6: quit, you know? <laughs> like, fuck that shit, man. Ooh, We've seen the first it. crack Divide, in the right? device. <laughs>
4: Personally, that's a different thing. Do you
6: know what's funny? This is For literally a, a conversation that happens in some kind of monster. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Lars that's the dissenting voice? What? I'm the Lars of the best.
2: <laughs> I think, generally <laughs> your dad speaking, dad your mental health, is than, uh, mental health is better than Metallica
6: mental health. So you guys are right. Yeah, I think that... Where lines of communication are very healthy in this band you're not each like, taking I'm a private jet say, to the gig no. that's, <laughs> they, that's, they that's the next
0: step Yeah. If
3: you've got private jet kind of money and then you probably need to stop being in a band with the person you don't like and just go and enjoy your life with yeah. your <laughs> private jet money do sure. it's
4: like it comes to a point where you just need to be like, maybe this isn't working. You
0: know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, our listeners will be hearing this oh. in, in a bit.
4: Can we end on a more positive note?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so the album name, which is Embargoed. So people that are hearing this will know that we know this on February know, but 6th. You don't. Yeah. Uh, it, so, what is it? Do you want to or, are we, or do you not want to say it? Or do you guys again? not want to you say it? You don't want to mutter press? it out loud, that's okay too. So, well,
3: when will the, I'm confused by the. Well, when will it come out?
0: This will come out far later. We won't say oh, it, oh, you guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right, I, right. That's right. fine then, yeah. That's
6: uh, called Love is Dead. Okay. So, that's
3: not even that. Uh, that seems like a negative note to leave it on. <laughs> it but fun. it's not. Like, I, we were talking about this, and I guess, like, on, we like the idea that on the f- face of it, it's a bold statement to make, but you can kind of read it in whatever way you want. Like it could literally be that statement or is there a question mark on the end? Is there an ellipsis on the end? And it's kind of like meant to be like a conversational, Hmm. like a frustrated conversation start.
6: Well, it's a hopeful record. I think if you... We've heard it, it's awesome. Oh, you like it? Yeah, we got the link. Ah, cool. So it's like there's, the lyrical content is not that demure. I mean, the themes are pretty hopeful at the end of the day, I think. Not that I wrote any of them. (laughs) No, I think it's
3: like (laughs) finding the balance between the frustration and the confusion and like realizing that things aren't as idealized as you thought they were in terms of yourself and other people in the world and where we're living mm. but what do you do with that like once you know about that do you want to just sit with that kind of weight or do you want to try and do something else with that and I feel like that's what the title's about and that's kind of where we're at.
0: Well thanks so much for your yeah. time guys. Yeah. Yeah. You. So cool. This was fun. Thank you we appreciate it. We can talk Free to you guys therapy. for hours. you guys are awesome.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the dessert. We are joined, as always, because it wouldn't be a dessert without him, by our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Shane, what do well, you got it's for it's been us? a
1: dessert without me before. <laughs> I knew he was, was going to bring that up. I knew you should have said that. When you guys go pee in a urinal, do you unbutton your <laughs> pants fully? Like, unbuckle your belt and then do it? Or do you pull it, like, through the little zipper on oh,
2: un- unbuckle the belt and un- undo the top button.
1: Okay, and then open it up and then stick it out, right? Yeah. Okay, is that what you do? I wear diapers, man. <laughs>
0: uh, I have always undone my belt and the top button and unzip. Webmaster Dan? A
1: belt, button, zipper. Okay, good, because I was doing that, and uh, a guy was like, whoa, you? Uh, what are you, taking your pants off? <laughs> <laughs> Where was yeah, this? Yeah, in the, the building? The, the bathroom. Yeah, in the building. And I was like, that's the normal thing, and I was talking about it with someone else. But and- was your uh, underwear... Down and your ass fully out <laughs> His
0: feet are like, around his ankles. He's just standing at like, the urinal like a six year old.
1: That's yeah. a very funny question, but of course not, nice. <laughs> But no, okay, so I, I'm doing the normal thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've never known any other way. Just something just that was serious. on my mind from last week. Sure. Yeah. Because you and I were Burning peeing questions. beside each other, well, and I wanted to look over, but I was like, Max is going to think I'm, like, looking at his penis. <laughs>
0: uh, it is a Juno award-winning penis. What? Um, <laughs> 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 it's just a fact, man. Uh, and yours might join him very soon. Uh, I know, Shane. be
1: amazing.
0: I've always wondered about, like, uh, tidy whities You know how, like, they have kind of the hole for the, the, the wiener to come out?
1: Yeah. Does anyone ever use that hole? No. No. That's what I always wondering. I was like, is there a reason that this hole's here, and I'm an idiot and just haven't used it? Yeah. But uh, so the nut is going to South Korea, which I don't know how this ties in, but he told me now he doesn't feel like he wants to do the Drew Grange rapsing anymore. Wow. He's like, now he th- I guess because he's like on this elevated level that he thinks it's bad publicity. He's affiliated you know, with the
0: Olympics. So now he, he can't uh, he can't have that uh, diss track stink on him.
2: Yeah. yeah. Max, to, you're, you know. you're reacting almost like you knew this information. No, I didn't know. I didn't know it at all. I mean, it's predictable well you're picking
1: your nails like you don't care and all
0: that uh, (laughs) no i mean do you think that it is the right political play for him max
2: yeah i mean i from the beginning i thought him participating in a crass rap battle probably wasn't the best career move for him right um i don't know if the olympics has anything to do with it though so i don't know what gave him a change of heart but as a fan of the pod i'm
1: disappointed well i think he likes to do stuff to stay in the news the news cycle. <laughs> <laughs> so the pod I think, news cycle. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so I don't know if it's exciting news. I can't really talk about it, but I was listening to Scaramucci on Axe Files. Oh, I told you, you to listen to that one. I know. Anthony so I, The mooch. The, the mooch. mooch. So I don't want to give anybody's hopes up, and I can't divulge anything more than this, but I may be able to get the mooch on the pod. Come on. What? Uh, but I okay. I but I, I know, and I can't say more, though. Okay. I Okay. Wait, can you tell us off the air? No, because I'll need to <laughs> say it on the air.
0: Okay. okay. I, I, I'm racking my brain to figure out your six degrees of separation of the mooch. I won't
1: divulge how, and I honestly can't. Okay. But I'm just, uh,
0: <laughs> For our listeners that don't know, Anthony Scaramucci spent a few days being like what the
2: the White House press, press like secretary, press secretary? Or yeah, advisor or like to the president.
0: yeah, and then he was fired within like a week because he 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 basically said that other members of the White House staff should suck their own dicks.
2: It's an amazing interview. <laughs> Listen to the Axe Files with <laughs> uh, Anthony Scaramucci. It's
1: well, did you like the interview? Yeah, yeah. it was cool. But yeah. you could, like you were saying, you could tell that the, the guy on. was getting a little annoyed with him. Yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, wow. Yeah. Again, this isn't what I was here to talk about either. This is just like bonus stuff. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> listeners.
4: <laughs>
1: you know how Shaden pees, and we might get the mooch. <laughs> <laughs> Blessed. Um, this went pretty well last week, so I wanted to try another brainstorm. Hey, the, how did the
2: Reklaus thing go? I haven't been here anything Okay, about it.
1: So that's what I want to talk about also. Um, so, <laughs> as good as the brainstorm was, and I thought you guys were really hilarious and great, it kind of backfired. When it came time to do the actual digital dessert with them. Mm-hmm. Because remember when when I did the one with Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional? Yeah. You were like, Shane, I may have to uh, take off during your digital dessert. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So you came up with some excuse. Like it wasn't because you were embarrassed to be in the same room (laughs) as I did it. But then you magically reappeared the second the digital dessert ended. I I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So I (laughs) I I see through what was going on there. But then (laughs) so Mike, all of a sudden, he became a part of the digital dessert. And in case people listening right now haven't listened to The Last Dessert, we were talking about a lot of incest-related jokes for to do with the rec laws and kind of uh, mess around in you know fun, lighthearted incest jokes. And, <laughs> like honestly, they were. I know it sounds like a weird juxtaposition, <laughs> but they were. But once the day of, I met Mike in the the fishbowl, and it was Mike was had like a nervous energy, almost like he was about to perform and not me. And I was like, oh, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, Mike's <laughs> acting uncomfortable with it. And then Mike's like, oh, would it be weird if I kind of just like left for it and then came back? And I was like, I want you to stay because a lot of it when I'm in the room, I want Mike to laugh. And I, But that part was even kind of ruined because we had brainstormed together. And I guess the reason was, you know, one of, their hand, one of the people handling them.
0: Yeah, the main guy from the label who, who like, you know, that label helped set us up with the Noel interview and so many great artists. And, it's, I, and I said this to you. I was talking to Danica about it the night before. I was a little nervous because I'm like, I don't know how they'll take it. They seem, the reckless seem like very earnest, nice people. And I didn't know if, how they would react to you. But what I said to her and what she said is, it's like, you have this ability and charisma that I wasn't worried. Like, if I was really worried, I would have actually not been there. But I trusted the process. But it didn't mean I wasn't worried that, like, if something turned just slightly weird, yeah. that then they'd be like, this was a, you ambushed mm-hmm. us or something like that. Because in a worst-case scenario, the rec laws go, that was offensive, and they exactly. kill it, and then we have to kill the dessert. Well,
1: then I, I pictured the future, like, if it goes really bad, you have to say, Tony, listen, I didn't know anything about it, and then we have to lose that whole dessert <laughs> where you're in on the brainstorm session. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Tony I levels this. no more digital dessert brainstorm sessions, and mainly, not even because of that, that's a big part of it, but because I like when you guys are in the room, and then I can kind of, like, not impress you, but make you laugh in the yeah. room. Yeah. Although Max is like Im- really embarrassed of them, whether he's a part of it or not. But well, that's what? <laughs> well, you left the Chris Krabble one. Oh, sure. That's to do with something else, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. By the way,
0: yeah. I think the Reckless thing went great. So watch it. I'm sure it's up by the time you yeah, to this. Yeah.
1: I don't want to ruin it, but I ended up uh, arm wrestling one of the Recklaws. It's <laughs> and- perfect tease. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but. I want to get Nathan Fielder. Yes. As you know, and anytime I ask you like anything, Max, like I'm like, oh, did you think that was possible? You always go, man, anything's possible. I believe if I put it out there, I'm going to get it. You always give that speech, Mm -hmm. like going to the Olympics kind of, right? You put it out into the world. I'm wondering if, since you're so good at stuff like that, if we can brainstorm creative ideas uh, to get Nathan Fielder on the podcast. So my first idea, it's not a big one. I just changed my uh, Instagram bio to I'm currently looking for Nathan Fielder. If anyone can facilitate this, please DM me. So that's not a huge thing, but that is something I did do, a small step. Now, if you were to do that, I think you would get a lot more traction than I would. (laughs) <laughs> why? What do you mean, why? You have 52,000 oh, followers. Okay. And counting, they're going so, to Korea. I yeah. want you to change your Arkell's uh, bio, oh, right, Just before I you go to Korea, it. It. Yeah, to yeah. say you're,
2: you're looking currently for Nathan field Sure, yeah, okay, I'm not going to do that.
1: Okay. <laughs> but, uh, That's why it's a brainstorm, we're sure. um,
2: Okay, but here's what I'd say. When we were thinking about ways to um, announce the Tim Hortons Field Show, the rally, the first person I thought of, and the number, you know, the first person I thought of was Nathan Fielder, because I, I thought know. he could come to, he could come up with some kind of like funny way of nathan
0: fielder you 're playing a field
2: yeah uh, see i didn 't even think mm-hmm. that oh, okay. but uh, and we have a
1: mutual connection with Nathan fielder, and we reached out and i don 't even know if he got back well i the the backstory behind that, too, is I reached out to Matt Unsworth. Okay. And I said, Matt, listen, I've got an idea. All I need is 15 seconds with Nathan. Uh-huh. I'm going to fly over there, and literally, I can do an interview in 15 seconds. I just want to meet him and ask him one question. And he goes, I would do this, but I've really been annoying Nathan, and I used my last favor through Max, yeah. and he didn't get back, and I think he's regretting giving me his email. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: So but – um you know what, though? In this context, the the cachet the Arkells has as, like, uh, you know, a band with 60,000 Twitter followers. Or it was
1: 52 last I checked, but. It was
2: 52 on Instagram, 60 on Twitter. Check okay. It. <laughs> uh, um, and not that we're counting. No. Nope. Um, is that I, I think he's way less interested in, like, an earnest rock and roll band who's, like, I think he's way more interested in, like, interacting with oddballs. And people who aren't necessarily mm. famous and, you know. <laughs> who are maybe slightly insecure. Yeah, yeah, Is that a insecure. subtle dig? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm saying, I think in this instance, you have an advantage because okay. the only people he's ever interacted with in his professional life are either the kings of comedy, where he'll make like a guest appearance on like The Night of or one of any of those movies where it's like Seth Rogen asked him to do it. Or. Like people with a weird idea, i.e. I need, I'm going to fly to Los Angeles and I need 15 seconds with him. I think he'd be way more into that idea. I think he's into you going, all I want to do is meet
1: Nathan Fielder because I think that might intrigue him. So anyway, I think you're well, off to a good start is what I'm saying. I know, but I, I need help. Like uh-huh. is there any way you could be like, hey, I have this oddball No, because he wouldn't even get back. No, you uh, can't no. just put it out there in the world? No, I don't think
2: he'd be interested in, in us at all. I think I think he would probably look at us as the bunch okay, of okay. So what
1: do I do without any help then, Max? Like, what are some ideas? Well, here's the thing: is like we do have a direct line through our friend Onsworth and mm-hmm. other people. Uh, I contacted Onsworth. He said he's burnt out on favors yeah, because of you. And then uh, I I used uh, a person here named Sarah McLaren, who's yeah. a big uh, supporter of the pod, and she sent him an email with some of our like uh, uh, best episodes. Oh, to I kind of get on his so radar. Do. But yeah, we could get him to do the lupus challenge maybe. I don't think he'd want to do it. No? No. Okay. What about just going to L.A. and just trying to find him? That's that's costly and um, it doesn't seem like it has a high percentage of happening. It, let's see. We could find some inside info. So like actually like stalk him. him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, So That's <laughs> like, well, okay, you're right. Like, if you
0: have the, uh, the Cobra cam and yeah. you find out like just where he goes for coffee and w- when he's walking to coffee, then he might find this incredibly annoying and it could burn a bridge, but you would have some sort of content and an interaction where you go, I'm a huge fan and I think this might be something you do. I have one question. Will you answer it? He may answer it on the street there.
1: So I fly down there yeah. with the Cobra cam. Yeah. I get Unzi to tell me where he goes for coffee. Maybe not Unzi because we okay. don't want him to burn a bridge. <laughs> All right, that's a big risk, though. Is there any other? Okay, I have an idea. Okay, here's the other thing that
2: might move the needle: is a huge financial guarantee. So Mm -hmm. here's the thing: you say to him, "I want to do one interview. I know you're a pretty reclusive guy. I know you only do certain press. Uh, You know, we've reached out before, but we're going to pay you a million dollars for a fifteen-second interview. One fifteen-second exclusive. But here's the thing: we, the paperwork, it's not legal. We don't, so we don't pay him. And then he tries to countersue sue you, and you say, what, well, we took 15 seconds of your time. Fuck you, Nathan.
1: Wow. Okay. A million-dollar offer a million for a 15-second interview. 15, okay, but— See, that's, that's actually— eight, That's pretty eight, good. Max, that's good. Hey, I like it. Yeah. But here's what I'm going to need you to do. What? Tweet it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll,
1: I'll I'll tweet that for 16, sure. 60,000 followers.
2: Also, so is am I re- 60, retweeting, retweeting followers? or—
1: Not retweeting. Just tweeting. Just tweet. hey, I have this
2: uh, so I'm saying comedy friend. Would you hey, go- I, my friend wants to interview Nathan Fielder for 15 yeah. seconds. He's willing to he's pay. He's willing $1 to pay one million dollars. <laughs>
4: willing is yes.
2: To- no, yeah, he's willing to pay one this million dollars. You'll tweet that. I'll tweet oh, it. For the shit. CBC will eat this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then okay, do we have any like? Um, fraudulent friends that pretend to be lawyers? Like, you know, Uh, like, like, do we have any friends that, you know, lie a lot and would pretend to be a lawyer? nut? No, the nut wouldn't put himself (laughs) out there. Yeah, he won't even do a rap battle with you. But, like, what about... you know, just think about some of your high school friends or something that that like. Like you need a representative to pretend yeah, to be a lawyer? A, so it's like, uh, and he just lies about being a lawyer. And saying, right. able, he'll hold up the paperwork saying this is a valid piece. This is a, a proper contract. I don't know what the terminology is. This is a proper contract. I don't even think you
0: have to go that far. I think once you get into the press, man.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then you give him a, a novelty size check for a million dollars after it's done. That's the loophole. I say I'm going to give him a, mil- a check for a million dollars. I don't say it's official. It's a fucking big novelty check. Just the
2: check. Just the check. It's just check.
1: Or so you're going to tweet this? Yeah. You swear.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do it. Hey, so what, what's, the, what's the tweet? Let's, let's uh, think about it. Uh, hey, at Nathan Fielder, my friend Shane Cunningham is a huge fan and would love to interview for 15 seconds. And this is from Markels, not, from Markels, not just Max, No, from Markels. <laughs> and... He's willing to give you a check for $1 million. Yes. Yeah, I'll do that for
1: sure. 100%. Amazing. Yeah. Done. What are we doing it? ASAP. Like right now? Let's do it when this episode comes out. Let's do it when the episode comes out. Yeah. This, don't back out, though, and I know you're going to talk to Manager Ash, and she's going to flip. That's it. That's all. That's our episode.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We're very excited for Shane to get his interview with Nathan Fielder. Thank you so much to the whole crew from Churches, Ian, Martin, and Lauren. New album's called Love is Dead. And thank you to Dan Coman, Commander Dan, for coming in and taking the time to set up uh, Mike on Much on Alexa. Check it out if you do have
2: that. The Mike on Much podcast can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Mike on Much. Shoot us a follow. Leave a comment. Tweet at us. Do all those things. Leave uh, ratings and comments in iTunes. That helps the show grow. The artwork is provided by Jenna Gregory at jennasdoodles.com. Huge thank you to Tara Packhead for putting together the artwork. Webmaster Dan, Justin Stockman, Greg Stewart, the whole gang here at Bell Media.
0: Thank you so much to everyone that uh, mixes this podcast. It's a rotating crew of angels, and we are very thankful that you make it sound good on a weekly basis. The Mike Much
4: podcast is produced by Max Kerman. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend.